So good to be in the house of God with all of you this morning. It's, uh, I love the people of God. I love the church. Don't you? Amen. I love, you know, I've, I've told people before, I love that when we come together and we look into each of our persons, we see who we really are. We see the grace of God and we see the nature of God in a way that there's no other way to know him in. Did you know that without the body of Christ, there would be a part of a of fellowship with God we'd never have? But with this body of Christ, I'm telling you, people don't realize how rich and how needful that a fellowship is. It's not just a church service that we come and do for a little while. But it gives us an intimacy with God because, in fact, the closest that I can physically come to God is when I go up and I hug one of his children. Isn't that awesome? I can go up and, and we're the body of Christ. We are members in particular. If you want to see Jesus in the earth, look at the church. If you want to be close to him, I've never known anybody that loved Jesus with all their heart and they didn't love the church with all their heart. I love the body of Christ, don't you? I love the body of Christ because this is where Jesus dwells in the world. If it wasn't for the church, I wouldn't even have his presence. But I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for every one of you. Thank you for being here this morning. Brother Jared, thank you so much for asking us to come. It's so good to be here today. Uh, I'm not going to preach for a long time. I told Brother Jared this morning, I don't care if I preach 10 minutes or 15 minutes. However God moves in people's hearts, I want to see us be moved by God this morning. I want to see us up here. I want to see God doing what only he can do. I can preach and God can use me to do that. But all that is for this purpose, is that our hearts are moved closer to him. And so this morning, if you want to turn in your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to begin there this morning. And I want to just talk to you for a little while on this Savior being made like to human flesh. He took upon himself not the nature of angels. He took on himself the seed of Abraham. I'm not a big title guy. Sometimes I have a title, sometimes I don't. But I want to go through this passage of Scripture this morning, and more than anything else this morning, I want to let you know that Jesus knows you. Jesus knows you. And guess what? You can know him. You can know him better than you can know me. You can know him better than you can know humanity, because I can tell you this morning, he wants to know you even more than I do, and his time is more expendable to you than mine is. This morning, Hebrews chapter 2 In verse number 16, it says, For verily he took not on himself the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like to his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, He is able also to secure them that are tempted. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you today. My God, we're thankful for your presence in this house. God, thank you for your people. God, I pray that you would move in our hearts this morning. 
My God, I pray even now, Father, that the ground would be softened. My God, that our hearts would be turned. Father, I pray that we would hear every word that you have to say to us today. Father, I pray that we would be of a singleness of mind. Father, I pray that our minds would not be cast and tossed, God, with everything else. Father, but I pray that we would be of one desire this morning, and that is to hear your voice and to know your heart. Father, I ask that you would use me this morning. In the name of Jesus, Father, I love you. I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for it. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. I'm going to read this one more time. It says, For verily he took not on himself the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like to his brethren, that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor, secure them that are tempted. I remember when I first began to read the word of God and I understood that Jesus had died for my sins and that he died in the beginning. I just recognized that he died to forgive me and he died to save me. But as I went through my life, there were many times I would wonder, why did Jesus live in this world for 33 and a half years? Why did he continue so long knowing what heaven was like? Wasn't he anxious to get back? Wasn't he anxious to go back there? He knew what heaven was like and I've asked myself if I knew what heaven was like wouldn't I want to die tonight and go there? But Jesus continued for all of this time and we see that Jesus came to this world and he took up on himself not a ruler of this world, not even those of a middle class of this world but Jesus took upon himself the poorest he took upon himself the hardest and the lowliest of lifestyles in this world Jesus said the birds of the air have nests the foxes of the earth have holes but he said the son of man doesn't even have anywhere to lay his head do you know what this means this means that Jesus could identify and Jesus could he could know what it means to go through even the lowest points of a natural lifestyle in this world from the beggar on the street to the man that has no home and to the one that has no food Jesus could understand even in his flesh what he was going through and how to get him through it we see that he is a merciful and a faithful high priest I'm here to tell you this morning I'm not going to be around the bush a long time but the devil will get into your mind and your emotions and he'll tell you that nobody understands where you're at and he'll tell you that nobody understands the pains and the heartaches and the troubles you've gone through he'll shove you back in a corner and he'll seclude you from fellowship with the body of Christ and with our savior and he'll tell you that no one can understand no one could identify and no one knows but I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus is saying if you'll let me in your pain if you'll let me in your heartache I took every one of them and I know where you're at. I know where you're at. 
I can tell you that the devil wants nothing more than to seclude us in what we've gone through. He wants to freeze us there so he can keep us in the pain and in the bruising effect of that for the rest of our lives. But Jesus is here this morning to say, the bruised reed, I'm not going to throw away. I'm going to come. I'm going to heal. I'm going to enter into it. I know how to take you out of it. But we so often go through things that we don't even know how to put words to them. And we could not even know how to talk to a human or God about them. But here's the great news. There was a woman even in the Old Testament whose grief was so great because she could not bear children. And her grief was so great that even the priest, this man that was supposed to be of God, even he thought this woman was drunk. You know who this woman was? It was Hannah, the mother of Samuel. He said, woman, put away your wine. And she said, I'm not drunk. But she said, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit did you know that Hannah was so broken hearted that her lips moved but no words came out Hannah had no words Hannah did not know what to say Hannah did not know how to address it she did not know how to pray for it she did not know how to even ask God how to change this no doubt she had prayed so many times she had ran out of words she had ran out of expression all she could do was move her lips but no words came out but here's the great news in all her tears God seen Anna's tears and he said God has granted you your petition. She had no words. And here's the good news for us. When we know not how we ought to pray, the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. This means it's, it makes intercession for us with groanings that we don't know how to address and we don't know how to put words to. Pain that we cannot explain and seclusion that we do not know how to escape and the Spirit of God knows us so well that it can put words to something that we cannot so in essence he knows you better than you know yourself he knows you better than you know yourself and the pains of your life that you say no one understands and you feel so trapped in God knows exactly where you are and he knows exactly how to bring you out being married there's been many times that I've even asked my wife I want to talk to her and I want, I want to help her. And she says, I don't even know how to talk about it. I don't know what to say because there are things in life. How many knows that I can tell you there are things in life that know how to destroy us to the point that we do not know how to talk about it. We don't know what to say about it. Would anybody by a raise of hand say, there's been times that I could do nothing but cry. I could do nothing but scream. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. But here's the good news right in the middle of that. You are not on your own. You're not on your own. You're not on your own. We go through here and we see this word behooved. I don't know about you. I've never used the word behooved. I had to look this up. 
But this means that Jesus felt obligated. It means that Jesus felt indebted to us to go through everything that we would go through so that he would know how to be merciful us and how to be faithful to us. That means that he wanted so desperately to be able to minister to us that he said, I will endure their pain just so I can bring them out of it. Just so I can bring them out of it. I can tell you through the life of Christ and through the death of Christ, he endured every single point of heartache, every single point of pain, and every single temptation of sin that anybody on the face of this planet Earth will ever go through. He was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. He went into a human carnal body, just like we did. He went through every sickness. He endured every infirmity. He took upon himself the reproach of us all. He took upon himself the shame of us all. He took upon himself the seclusion of us all, to the point that God the Father could not behold his son and he turned around on his son. I can tell you, Jesus knows what it's like to feel alone, but I can tell you we don't ever have to. We don't ever have to. As I can tell you, every place that I will ever go, I can know without any doubt that Jesus understands where I'm at. He understands where I'm at. And he is a merciful and he is a faithful high priest. He knows how to secure them that are tempted. What does this word secure mean? It means that he knows how to help. He knows how to edify. He knows how to minister to those that are going through the trial of their life. He knows how to help you through it because he's been through it himself. Oh, friends, I'm here to tell you this morning that it doesn't matter how unidentifiable and how even intricate the pain and the detail of your life may be. Jesus knows it. I remember one day I was looking at the scripture and I've, I've told this so many times because the scripture amazes me. Jesus said, prior to it, he said, your father sees every sparrow that falls from the sky and he said, behold, he knows the number of every hair that is up on your head. And I've told people this a lot of times and Brie will have to bear with me because she's heard it. But I said, growing up, I know my mom loved me and she cared for me and she provided for me. But one thing my mom never done was counted all my hairs to make sure none of them had fallen but my father cares so deeply about everything in my life from the smallest hair on my head to the greatest matter of my life he knows every one of them he knows every one of them if he knows how many hairs you have what do you think he doesn't know about you what do you think he doesn't understand you in? What do you think you have in your life that would perplex or confuse God? What do you think you could bring to him? But watch, he wouldn't know how to handle if he can count your hairs. And I believe that's very literal. I believe God knows just how many hairs are on my head right now. And I believe that because Jesus said that. 
And I believe that if he literally and physically knows that, there is not one fine crack and one fine heartache and one fine pain within me that God does not know and see and care for. And that's why the Bible said casting all of your cares, every one of them upon him. And why can we do this? Because he cares for us. And God told me, he said, Josh, I don't just care about you. This isn't sentiment. This is provision. I care for you. I care for you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm not going to just give you a hug and leave you in the mud. I'm going to pull you out of it. I'm going to set you on a rock. I'm going to establish your going. I can tell you, friends, he doesn't know how to just pat us on the back in our pain. He knows how to deliver us out of it. He knows how to secure them that are tempted. He knows how to. We go over here to the book of, or to the chapter 4 of Hebrews. And it says... In verse number 15, it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And he said, we, we, I know we quote the throne of grace verse a lot, but it's because of this. He said, let us therefore, therefore means because of this, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know what this means? Because he knows us and because he understands us and because when we're touched, he's touched. Did you know that if he commanded a church to mourn when one mourns, how many knows that he mourns when we mourns? How many knows that he's touched when we're touched? How many knows that he hurts when we hurt? How many knows that he cares how we feel? The devil's going to tell you that he doesn't understand and he doesn't care. He's going to tell you you're alone. He's going to tell you you're forsaken. How do I know? Because he told men of God all throughout the word of God this. He told Job that, the man of faith. He told David that, the man after God's own heart. He told all kinds of people that God had forsaken them. Job said, I looked on my right hand. I couldn't perceive him. I saw it on my left and I couldn't find him. David said, God, how long will you forsake me? He said, how long will you shut up your ears to my prayers? But here's what I like in the end. In the end, Job looked all around him and he's seen the provision of God on every side and here's what David said in latter Psalms he said this knowledge is too wonderful for me it surpasses knowledge he said if I go into the heavens you're there if I make my bed in hell you're there if I go into the desert you're there wherever I go I cannot flee from your presence you are there David found out in the end that he couldn't escape him. Not only had God not left him, David couldn't get away from him. (laughs) He couldn't get away from him. It didn't matter where the devil chased him or what the devil told him or how many lies ran through his mind. God was there in the middle of all of them. Brother Jared and I just talked about this yesterday after God had met this man at 16 years old. Even in all the mess Brother Jared went through, he still knew that God's hand was on his life. Because I can tell you, he'll never leave you. When he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, he meant, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. What does this mean? This means he lives in my heart. This means that everything about me from the inside out is consumed and known by him. 
You know, so many times we make God so unapproachable. We make God so unknowable. But I can tell you, God told me one time, he said, Josh, you can know me better than you can know any person. He said, I don't put up the fronts. I don't put up the facades. I don't put up the curtains. I don't put up the fakes. When you see me, you know me. What you get with me, you'll always have with me. It'll never change. It'll never shift. He said, in me, there is no, he said, I'm the father of lights and there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. My attitude don't change. My feelings for you don't change. I'll never change. I'll never leave. You can know me and you can be closer to me than anybody else because no other human can live in my heart but this father can this high priest knows me and he is forever bringing my feeling and my pain and my temptation before the father so that I can come before the throne of grace and I can find grace and I can find mercy to help me in my time of need if someone wants to come and get a song this morning for this altar service I can tell you this morning, God wants to do things in people. If we live in this unknown attitude and in this seclusion that the devil brings, he will eventually sever us from the fellowship of God and fellowship with the body. I've often looked at the lamb that went astray and thought, why did the lamb leave? Why did the lamb leave? Why did he leave the 90 and the 9? Well, maybe he thought that nobody knew him and nobody understood him, and maybe he thought he didn't fit in. Maybe he felt severed because nobody understood him. But I can tell you this, Jesus made well sure that when he returned that everybody was happy that he was there. He said, get the music, get the feast, Get it all ready and we're going to celebrate and we're going to rejoice because I'm happier over one lamb that came back than the 99 that stayed. I can tell you the Father rejoices when someone understands and when they know that they are there, that God knows them and that the body cares for them and that there is nothing in their life that is secluded from the care and the ministering of the Spirit of God. There is no depth of my heart that his spirit cannot reach and minister to. There is no pain of my life that I am secluded to. None. It doesn't matter if it's something so unordinary that no one in the world understands it. I can tell you Jesus understands it very personally because he bore it deeply in his spirit when he hung on a cross for you. And it doesn't matter if it's spiritual or physical. He understands it very physically too because he bore every sickness as he was being beat half to death at a whipping post. He not only bore that sickness, he bore yours and he bore all the other ones all while being beaten. He understands it. He understands it. Can we stand this morning?